What's going on, everybody? My name is David, and I got the male equivalent of that WAP. Hey, everybody, before this podcast starts, I am your host, the most electrifying man in podcasting, David Main. If you guys want to find me on social media, uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash davidmain8. On Instagram, it's davidmain8 underscore twitch. On Twitter, it's David's Bazaar. And on YouTube, it's just David Main. I know the ats are not the same, but it's kind of hard when bots exist. Anyways, enjoy the podcast. <laughs> nothing? <laughs> you don't get nothing out of that one, Patrick? <laughs> I thought you were gonna react in some way, because <laughs> the worst part—the worst part about this—is like I don't edit the video, so it's like it sounds like the fact that you just stone faced me like that. <laughs> I just—I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to react. It's okay. Um, only yeah, I yeah, I got that good thing. But anyways, Patrick, uh, I don't need to reintroduce myself because the pre-roll is gonna do it for me. But if you're watching the video, I'm the most electrifying man in podcasting. This is my ho or my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how you doing? I'm Patrick, the wannabe anime protagonist. <laughs> and we're on the cusp of AntiTube. Um, anyways. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, how was your day, man? After you take that good. sip. I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. What'd, um, you, uh, what'd you do all day? I had work. And yeah. then uh, just hung out with a friend. Just caught up because it's been a minute. And then, yeah, here we are. Recording. Yeah, man. How about you? After you take your sip. <laughs> Ooh, that 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 fruit punch body armor um super drink. <laughs> Superior hydration. Hey, why'd you guys fire me? <laughs> That's fucked up, yo. I fucking loved working there. I was a good employee. Um Yeah, man, I had work today. Um I came in earlier when I didn't need to. Um I left and I got more tattoos, if you guys could see. Not really. It goes over my back. There you go. It seems more filled in. I think that's what I noticed. Yeah, so basically, like, this chest part, um, there was that, like, cloud and wind, and it just was kind of not shaded in, so I shaded that in. Go comes up over the over the trap a little bit, and then just kind of capped off this, like, shoulder piece because, like, it kind of just cut off, like, right there. And I was like, eh, needs just to kind of – just needs something just to, like, round it off. So Yeah, kind of, like, complete the yeah. whole shoulder. But – and that only took me less than two hours to get done. Uh, very quick. The guy that I, I have doing my stuff is very quick. Um, I was going to give him a plug, but that would kind of like dox me a little bit. Not dox me, but like the area <laughs> a little bit. So, um, And you could just drive there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do have to drive a minute there, but I'm just saying like in terms of like region, it would dox me uh, if I said who my tattoo mm -hmm. plug is. But um the biggest thing though is I'm getting my leg done in December. I, had, I set up an appointment for December. It's gonna be a five-hour session. I'm getting my fucking calf, shin, that whole area done. Um, Any specific reason why December? Um, that's the earliest they have for a five-hour oh, really? session. Yeah. Oh wow. I was talking to him and he was saying like business is booming right now because everybody's using their unemployment checks on tattoos. <laughs> and I was just like, "Hey man, business is business," and he was just like, "Yup." So. It's yeah. so funny, like, when I get tatted, I'm, like, just, like, moving up and down. Like, I'm just fucking bouncing. But I uh, just, like, <laughs> um, it's so funny, like, um, since 2018, I've been getting tattoos, like, big pieces. Like, Patrick knows, I've been getting big pieces done every five to yeah. seven months, right? So I feel like, and I did that for 2018, 2019. Yeah, 
so two years straight, like for every five to seven months, I would get tattoos, right? And there would sometimes be months where I would go back to back and get tattoos. So like my body was used to it, right? It was like used to that like pain, used to that whatever. I didn't, I haven't gotten a tattoo since my chest, which I got in August. And I went basically over a year. And then I got this little like piece done on this like upper body area. Oh my God, Patrick, I was a bitch. Like I want, I was like making the weirdest faces. Like I was just like gripping. I did I, my, it just hurt so fucking bad to the point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But then like once my body started getting used to it, it was like whatever. Um, mm. but it's so funny with me and like tattoos lately. Like usually people like sit on their phones. Like the last two times I went, uh, which was today. And then when I got my chest done, my chest was painful, but literally like I wouldn't even look at my phone. I literally just like clicked my phone, put it down and just like stared off in the distance, like <laughs> absorbing the pain, you know, what kind of, what kind of thoughts you're having, <laughs> dude, nothing. Just like how much it hurts. You know, it's very like, I don't know. Like I try to explain to people all the time. It's just like. I don't have any thoughts. I just like zone out and just like concentrate on how painful it is, you know? And like, that's the only thing I can think about. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's painful. And I was just thinking to myself today, I was like, you know, if you're out there and you want to get big pieces, <sighs> be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. Mentally prepare yourself. Cause, um, your body will not, um, not be prepared i can tell you that i feel like the only like pain that i've had done to my body is like right. when you're getting your eye check and right. then they shoot the the air Ooh, in your eye. Little, <laughs> little... <laughs> uh, i mean like i thought of, i thought about like i've had the thoughts about tattoos i just right. can't commit to any anything yeah um i thought about a piercing a yeah I, I thought about a piercing i think that's a thought that's a little more possible right because it, it heals anyways right um on like my left ear like maybe like two mm -hmm. or three yeah yeah it, I, you know what it is with like tattoos is like um a lot of people don't really um you know what it is it's like if you're if you're not really a tattoo person you're just not a tattoo person you know and mm -hmm. um i think with me it's like i've always wanted tattoos like my entire life really you know and um my parents weren't like um they weren't like uh, people to like persuade me not to get tattoos. If that makes sense, like they never did. Do they have tattoos? Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. My parent, yeah, my my dad has. Yeah, he has he has quite a bit, right? Yeah, he's got like a full sleeve that's like one big cover up, and then he's got on his other arm a big piece on his bicep, and then underneath his bicep has like my sister and I's names. And then on his back, he has our last name tatted. And then on one of his forearms, he had a cover-up done. Another cover-up done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, big piece. And then uh, my mom had a couple tattoos, if I remember. And then she got a big cover-up of my dad's name. And then I uh, <laughs> got another tattoo somewhere down the line, but yeah, it's um, every yeah, it, every, and then my sister also has like a big thigh piece too. Um, oh wow! So tattoos just all in your family? Yeah, yeah. At least on 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 our little uh, side of the family for sure. Well, even like on yeah. my mom's side of the family, like all my cousins are like Mexican, Mexican. So they got all them fucking <laughs> tattoos. Uh, if you're Mexican, you know exactly what the fuck kind of tattoos I'm talking about. They got them. Um, I don't even mean to say it. Um, 
I also like forgot to make a differentiate or forgot to differentiate when I talk about family on my podcast. Uh, I need to be a little bit more specific because sometimes when I'm when I'm talking about like a certain side of my family, I need to mention it because the two sides of my family are very different. Uh, <laughs> and so sometimes when I'll mention a story about one side of the family, I forget to mention it's either my mom's side or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like my mom's side of the family very very fucking mexican like very like so when i was saying like how like none of my cousins over the age of 18 like uh don't like all my cousins over the age of 18 already have families already like that's on my mom's side of the family right they yeah so i i i meant to i meant to differentiate that Mm. uh, last or two podcasts ago but uh anyway so yes tattoos kind of are a thing in my family we don't really um, as long as you're not getting something fucking stupid, nobody says anything about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as long as it like looks cool and it has a cool meaning, then we're kind of like, fuck it, whatever. Um, but if you get something <laughs> fu- just stupid, yeah, of course, somebody's going to say something. But even then, it's like if you get something stupid, we're kind of just like, eh, it's your body, you know? Um, yeah. But just know that there's a price to pay for this aesthetic, and it's pain. <laughs> you pay for pain. You pay with pain. Um but you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me if it's um, had like an effect in the workplace. Not at all yet. I mean, uh, that's good because I mean, I feel like most work the workplaces are kind of being a little more um, accepting, accepting of just like yeah. uh, tattoos, piercings. Yeah, and it's kind of like discriminate discriminatory. Is yeah, it is. Because I mean, um, at the end of the day, as long as you really don't have like any like obscenities like tatted on your body, like what's there really like as a deterrent, right? Like I worked in a federal office. Like here's the thing. It's funny, like the image you portray versus who you actually are as a person, right? Like this is the age old, you know, dichotomy of man, right? Yeah. Like the look yeah. versus, you know, uh, internal, right? And if you if you watch how I dress normally and you see me on the street, it's a completely different realm than what I actually exist in, you know, like, you, you see me wearing, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, just random shit that I usually wear. And then you see me with all my tattoos and my fucking big beard and my like long hair. You're like this fucking guy. But in reality, I used to work in federal offices. I have a college degree. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm currently working in an office right now, like not in a federal office, but still like, you know, like it's funny, you know, but I'm fortunate, like I said, I'm one of the few people that are fortunate. We also live in a very democratic state, and the uh, and the counties that we are surrounded by, and especially our section of California, uh, very very liberal, um, especially when it comes to um, everything. And <laughs> when, with that being said, like the very like forward thinking, progressive, some of them are, you know just the big collectives you know obviously when you live this close to la like of course it kind of just webs out and Mm. um you know it's it's all about inclusivity and whatever and like i said fortunately like i maybe if i lived in like uh, iowa or some shit like that where it's like deep republican states maybe i want to get away with it maybe i want to get away with the beard maybe i want to get away with the hair maybe i want to get away with the tattoos but Mm -hmm. at least i know where i (laughs) live and where I work at, it hasn't been a problem so far. Um, but obviously, like, I wouldn't say, like, if you're, you know, if you're in a position where you plan to get employed by people and you're not, like, self-employed, I would say maybe hold off on the neck tattoos, the behind-the-ear tattoos, the hand tattoos, um, and whatnot. Um, except I am realizing 
more recently that there's a little bit of like a I don't want to say a double standard, but a double standard because like I've seen many many women have hand tattoos and not get the same treatment for it that than dudes do. You know, like I've mm. seen women get a lot of like small hand tattoos and it's kind of just like a whatever thing. But it's like I've seen men get hand tattoos and it's like oh that's unprofessional. Oh that's gonna ri-, you know like whatever. But like a girl can get like a little heart like on her thumb or whatever you know, and it's like whatever you know. I have noticed mm-hmm. that. Um, but there's always double stands wherever you're at, so it's not like it really matters. You know, those things mm. just exist. Um, it shouldn't, but it does. And uh, there's double standards and everything, and even in tattoos. You know, like even women get away with, you know, having neck tattoos and behind the ear tattoos and hand tattoos, right? Whereas if men kind of get that, I mean, obviously because we don't, lo- usually men don't have long hair that cover their ears like that, you know. Um, mm. You know, they can't really slide away with it, but um, neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, it, it's funny. Cause like, I feel like I low key was afraid of that. Like, mm-hmm. um, like being treated differently because I had those certain things. Right. So I think that's why I deviated away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I don't have anything. And that's why I'm like, kind of like looking towards it now. Right. Um, mainly because yeah, like my, both my parents like have like one tattoo. Right. Um, my mom has one on her ankle and my dad had one on his, is this your bicep? Yeah, like your deltoid into your deltoid, like... yeah, like like here. Um, but I mean, those are like easily like you can cover up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my dad had um just like ear piercings as well, so it's like, and then anything like they would say like, it, it's your responsibility, like just it's it's not as long as it's not dumb, mm-hmm. like you can do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I think I was just like low key afraid of that, so that's why I ended up like not getting anything. So that's why I'm like considering it more these days, but. Right. I mean, I mean, that's good because, like, I have a lot bunch of friends who have, or more specifically, uh, like, one friend who has, like, wrist tattoos. He has mm-hmm. a tattoo on his ear. Right. And he has piercings. And I'm like, right. And he's working in, like, you know, the entertainment industry. He's yeah. worked on, like, some big movies. So, I mean, that's cool, like, to see, mm-hmm. like, you know, as long as your skill and just how you are as a person um, kind of shows through, I think that, like, looks past. You know, yeah i mean you, as it work. as it should because especially when you're in as those, it should, yeah. w- when you're in those creative environments but obviously when you're in quote-unquote professional environments it kind of sucks because like if i was self-employed like if this podcast was employing me like my hair would be dyed like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like my hair would be green right now it'd be red or some shit you know like hey, I, really? I, yeah i, I want to dye my hair so bad but i just don't mm. you know like when my hair is like super short like when i usually like cut everything off like i always want to dye it when it's that short um, uh but you know I don't, and you know that's <clears throat> it's it's funny because like the older I get, you know, and your parents like you know people's families be like, oh, the tattoos will affect your employment, blah, blah blah. They usually don't. Like the older you get, the more it's like the the older I get, the more I realize it's like it's kind of all bullshit just to kind of deter your kids from you know getting tattoos or piercings or whatever. Most of the time, I mean, and well, at least in this in this generation, it's really not yeah, that big of a yeah. deal. You know, I, I, maybe in the past it kind of has been, but it's always been the same where it's like, if you're not getting like some fucking crazy ass tattoos that like say like fuck shit piss and like also like have like some, you know, white supremacist shit, um, you know, or any like Nazi shit, like, yeah, for the most part, like it's not a big deal, you know, as long as you can kind of cover them if your employer asks you to, but, um, actually funny enough recently, my um i had a friend that whose employer used his tattoos as a reason to fire them oh. uh, 
when in reality, when he first got hired on, it was not a big deal. And then when mm -hmm. the pandemic happened, I guess he got like one complaint because some fucking cracker lady, you know, like, of course, makes a complaint. Right. Thanks. And so basically they started slowly chopping down his hours and he's like, OK, what's that all about? And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, like then they started bringing up the tattoos like, well, I can just cover them. And they're like, nah, you know, and so then he like, ended like up just what do you know what what it was and where it was? Uh, he just got like forearm tattoos that just say like family or some shit. Like it really like it's nothing like oh. it's nothing obscene at all. But like they mm -hmm. just were kind of using it as an excuse to like let him Yikes. go, and then he ended up quitting before they could fire him. So good on him. Honestly, proud of yeah. you, man. Yeah. Fuck. Honestly, fuck your employer if they want to start pulling lame shit like that. But um, yeah, professionalism kind of just sucks in general. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think tattoos are whatever like bodily aesthetics are should be a deterrent on your work ethic and your yeah you shouldn't like i i just it's fucked up because it's like your your like appearance like your aesthetic shouldn't be you know a reason why you get employed or not but it is mm -hmm. because that's just what happens when you live in a conservative country and um it is what it is um i feel like also people low-key like i mean they don't like say it like right. out there but they like they definitely like within the hiring process they're like oh this person looks a certain way right um like we'll take them i mean i i, I felt that even with just like auditions right too it's funny because it's like nowadays like i don't even like my philosophy on it is like that employer doesn't need me and i don't need the employer you know yeah, like i'm not yeah. gonna ever beg for a job so it's like if I show up, like, and like most of the time if I show up for interviews, like I'll dress very professionally. I'll wear like a button down with a like long sleeve and whatnot, but I'm not shaving off my fucking beard. Like I, 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 my beard is clean, you know, like it doesn't have dandruff in it. I fucking use like, I condition it. I have beard bombs. I have oils. You know, my skin's not fucking drying up underneath. I got my, my skin underneath is moisturized. I don't got no dandruff. It's not flaking. Um, I fucking, you can't see it right now, but cause I haven't done it in a minute. But, like, I'll always trim up my beard, right? It's always got a nice, crisp beard line. And then I'll mm -hmm. always fade it into my hairline. And on top of that, I'll fucking trim out my mustache so that way it's not all fucking going over into my lip, you know? Yeah. Like, I make sure my beard is very clean, very presentable. <laughs> that being said, it's like, if you got a problem with it, I'm not shaving off this fucking beard, baby. Like, it's it's here to stay for a while because I kind of don't have a jawline. <laughs> and <laughs> this beard... Gives me a little fake one, you know what I'm saying? So, not getting rid of it, you know. Um, That's how I feel about my hair. Like, I think I was trying to join this one uh, like club in high school, right? And they're like, "You have to shave your head," and I was like, "Fuck no!" You're like, "That's crazy." Like, no, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> do you want to get to the main topic for the day? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, <sighs> what day was it? October second. Oh my October second <laughs> was the day. Um, was the day that our president got uh, coronavirus, RIP. Um, <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> not, not me, maybe, I don't know. Um, I don't have anything to say about it. Please don't put me on a watch list. Um, I swear to God, I didn't say anything bad. You can, you can scan my social medias. I swear to God, FBI didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, October 2nd, I'm a thank you Snapchat for your brilliant brilliant idea to put in memories but it is my uh three-year anniversary of getting cheated on um which i thought was funny because um being cheated on in in that way was probably one of the best things to happen to me at that time 
for myself. Um, we were going to talk about breakups today. You know, that's the, that's the goal. That's the plan. And, uh, I don't know how many breakups Patrick's really been through, but I've been through a couple that I've mishandled and a couple that other people have mishandled. Uh, but I can talk about the, um, I can talk about getting cheated on and then we can kind of just go in from there. So I don't want to say the story too much. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to dox anybody. I don't want to say names, but, um, quick story, oh, quick, <laughs> quick story. Um, break. If you're with your high school sweetheart, just cut it off. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just get rid of it. Just, I'm, I'm telling you right now, high school sweetheart's not worth it. Um, wait, he, is this with who I think it is? Patrick, don't say that. Yeah, of course it is. Who, okay. what other high school sweethearts have I had? I don't know. Anyways, this one bled into my adult life. So we, we started dating and then, uh, in high school and then into college and then things didn't work out and then months went by and then we were kind of back together kind of not kind of we were but we weren't telling anybody right and this whole entire time we were getting back together she was talking to somebody else and uh engaging physically with somebody else at the same time and uh to yeah october 2nd was the day that the day actually i took the back as we bleed over into midnight uh today technically is the anniversary because i found out the morning after that snapchat um that she was fucking around with somebody else and the worst part about it dude is like um it was the most like non-slick shit i've ever seen mm-hmm. like she was publicly displaying it because i wasn't following her on instagram and she was posting it on her stories and i was just like I'm like, you could have been a little slicker with it, you know? Yeah. Anyways, but I, I bring it up because, you know, sometimes getting out of bad situations can be really positive for you, you know? Mm-hmm. If I, I think that was one of the, um, that one was one of the main triggers into getting me to kind of like try to have a relationship with my mom again, right? Um, I don't really, mm-hmm. I haven't really talked much about my parents splitting on here, but my mom basically disappeared, you know, Houdini that shit for (laughs) like six, seven years, right? Just out of my life, right? Mm. Basically from that eighth grade year, going into my eighth grade year into almost my second year of college. No, my second year of college, she was gone out of my life. Boom. Um, And so basically after that, that, that split, right, where I, was like okay you're you and i are supposed to be back together and yet you're fucking around with other people this other person um i didn't handle it well to be honest with you i went to like a very deep pit of despair uh mm-hmm. i did a lot of quote unquote soul searching you know what the fuck that means but basically like that's that's that when means. i that's that's when i discovered like i my mood swings were a lot bad actually th- mm. they were a lot worse than they than they were right i think that kind of triggered a lot of shit because I think at that point in time, um, I was also working a shitty job. Um, I was working a fucking warehouse job that made me work at 6am on Sundays. Um, you know, I just had gotten cheated on and, uh, I think I just had switched majors too. Um, and I just really wasn't enjoying school at all. And, um, 
yeah so then i kind of hit like i guess this sort of rock bottom and i kind of like you know you take like a long look at yourself and you're like okay what can i do to fix this situation so that way we never hit this rock again right and i think i think after that moment i had finally gotten to like contact with my mom again her and i started having conversations again um it's funny like i always talk about going to therapy on here like i had my therapist number for months and didn't reach out to her until later on um maybe like I had my my therapist phone number for maybe like six, seven months, and then I finally called her and was like, yeah, I should probably be in here. But um, So that happened. Um, I basically just like had a Britney moment and like shaved my head too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember this. Yeah, it was just so, it was so weird. Uh, so basically what I did was like I started talking to my mom again. I was like getting harassed by one of my managers at work. And, um, that was another thing that was stressful was going into work every single day just to know that one of my managers was literally watching me on a camera for most of her shift, you know? And, uh, it was just a lot at once, man. It's like, you put that pressure, that, that stress on top of a 19 year old on top of already like the stress that I'm going through. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, listen, like I got to do something. So like I said, started talking to my mom again. Um, I quit that job, um, and like I ended up just blocking her on everything. I was like, "Listen, there's just nothing for me to say or do here, and I just need to move on with my life and uh, figure something out," you know. And um, it took years, man. It, it took it took yeah, almost three years for me to get to where I'm at today, where I'm completely a different fucking person. You know what I'm saying? It just um. I think one of those things where people can easily be like, okay, me and this person split or me and this person broke up and like, here's all the negative things about it. But I don't think people look at the positives in a breakup, right? Like what it's, here's the thing. Like everything has a cause and effect, right? And everything is kind of like a snowball, right? And Mm -hmm. everything can kind of trigger change. Right. And I, and people oftentimes are oftentimes are looking for this short term change right? This like short-term reality, this short-term, you know, fix, but people don't oftentimes look at the long game, right? Like if I hadn't gotten cheated on in that moment, I don't think I would have ever, I don't want to say ever, but I I think it would have taken me a long, long time to finally reach out to my mom. I think it would have taken me much longer to get into therapy. I think it would have taken me a longer time to confront a lot of my own personal issues. I don't think, um, I would eventually quit that job, but I think I'd probably stay there for a little bit longer. You know, I'd probably just take more shit. Um, Mm. You know, it also kind of, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, I think when most people get cheated on or broken up with, they're like, oh, was I not worth it? What did I do wrong? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, I didn't do shit. (laughs) I didn't do shit wrong. I was like, this bitch fucked up, right? And got caught fucking up. but with that being said, like after that, I, I got into boxing, which is a great outlet as well. And then I got really, really into fighting and, um, you know, like, um, definitely a lot of long-term, a lot of long-term, um, change that happened from that one incident. Um, I had gotten into some shitty relationships after that and some shitty dating situations and some shitty hookup situations, but, um, 
you know honestly like it happens i think like that that part of it's just a part of being a college kid and, and growing up right and just being um a young 20 year old a young Ooh, Jesus Christ, that fucking, it's one oh fucking five a.m., man. Um, I went from being the most electrifying man to podcasting, the most sleepiest man to podcasting, but, you know, like like I said, like, I think at the end of the day, it's like sometimes you got to look at breakups as a positive instead of a negative because people, man, will just start, um, you know, just dwelling on the negativity of the situation rather than looking at how something like that in which a lot of people deem negative can actually change you positively. You know, and I'm one of those people now where I look for positive in situations in which me three years ago would just constantly hammer on the negative of a situation, right? Like something bad would happen, I'm like all oh, this shit's bad, blah blah blah. But now, whenever like a negative situation pops up for me, I'm just like, well, it is shitty, but here's how we can go about fixing it, right? Here's mm-hmm. here's the eye opener moment. Here's what we can do to be an adult and handle this situation accordingly like an adult. Cause I think that's like my biggest thing right now is like, I think a lot of people my age still like in our age demographic, they still handle things very immaturely. I think a lot of people still handle things like they are in high school. I think a lot of people handle things like they are, um, you know, in, in their teens still, but I, and, and I'm in this phase of my life where it's like, okay, how do I handle situations like an adult? How do I handle situations like a mature human being? How do I apply the things that I've learned in therapy through life experiences, uh, as that person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, definitely relationships and, 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 you know, friendships and breakups are part of that, uh, handling of situations, you know, because a lot of people can mm-hmm. mishandle those situations really easy to, you know, yeah. um, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Any input? <laughs> like, I, I feel like, um, I mean, personally, like, like you said, I feel like that just goes with, um, like who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely look for like the more like positive outlets mm-hmm. because I guess I'm in the, in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Like I dwell in that negativity and right. I let that negativity, like in some sense, like push me to, I guess, like do more with myself right. to like make myself better mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't say that's like turning it into positivity i think it's just embracing like embracing the negativity and being more i guess like realistic about it mm-hmm. um because like yeah it's just like, like you said when a city shitty um situation pops up like yeah you can either dwell on it or you can like look at the positives but at the same time um you can also just be like okay this is how it is and this is how i'm gonna like accept it because um that personally like i that's how that's how i view life Mm -hmm. um based on like you know my previous ex um is that you know just taking things the way they are because that's how life overall as is it's not it's not negative it's not positive Mm -hmm. just right down in the middle Mm -hmm. Um, which is definitely, you know, affected, you know, how I grew up because, um, up until, you know, that breakup or like that, um, point, I was like the super like happy go lucky guy, like, Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't like looking at the negatives and I wasn't looking at, you know, I guess the other side of it because I was like, Oh, like I'm doing things right. Like, yeah, like do this, do that. 
Um, but now, like, it's definitely been like a slope from here, or it's it's been like plateaued just because. Um, I feel like you, you you knew me like back in high school. Like I was a little bit more like positive up until like 2013, mm-hmm. <laughs> 2013, 2014. I was just kind of like like eh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like um, I feel like yeah people people dwell on it but at the same time you just need to like don't either i guess don't look at the don't dwell in the negative just kind Mm -hmm. of like either embrace it or like push towards something else yeah and i like to add that like me being positive (coughs) is out of my comfort zone yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like it, it is something like people don't realize like i thrive in negativity i thrive in negative environments i fucking i'm used to it i love it like you know that scene in like the dark knight where he's like i was born in the darkness like literally like molded by it you know like that was literally that's literally me and negativity i fucking i love that shit i can't get enough of that shit man but i also know it's not the healthiest right sometimes it can be because things like when you're so used to negativity is you can you can expect the worst out of a situation you can expect mm-hmm. negativity out of a situation you can you can you know not risk your expectations being let down by expecting negativity. With that mm-hmm. being said, it's a dangerous and unhealthy line to walk. And I'll tell you why. Because because the mindset of having negativity can easily skew your perception of everybody. Oh, right? yeah. Definitely. You can be easily become skeptical of everybody and anybody. You can easily become skeptical of yourself. You can you can mm-hmm. easily you can easily start lowering expectations of yourself when you shouldn't, right? Like I remember I remember it was like one of those things where um especially in college, you know, it's like I, I, I was doing bad and instead of being like, you know, how can I go about fixing this? I'm just like fuck it, I'm just a bad student now. Like, this just is what it is. I'm an underachiever, and I'm not going to do anything to change it, right? Until I got to my final semester of college when I was in a little bit of a healthy environment. Um, You know, I was, you know, taking classes online instead of in person, you know, because I I have a fucking attention span of a third grader. Um, You know, and just, you know, switching up my settings and and, and putting myself in situations where I knew I could thrive. And I got a 3.8, right? Which was the best, you know, GPA I had all college. And it felt great to just have good grades for the first time. But for my first fucking three and a half years of college, I was like, I don't give a fuck what I do, you know, as long as I'm just getting a C and that's what I am. I'm just a C student. I'm just an average student. And, like, that's how I feel. It's the same thing when you're kind of just, like, living and thriving in this negativity where it's just, like, you expect the least of yourself as well, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I I don't think – I don't think it's always healthy. I think a little bit. I think here's the thing. I think there's a balance of everything, right? Like there, there, there's such things as toxic positivity, you know, in the same way that there's, um, being too negative, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think where I'm starting to dwell and you as well is like in this middle ground, right? Where it's like, we can thrive in negativity and that's fine. Um, and we can thrive in positivity. That's fine too. But we know that it's a pendulum. People, that's yeah. no, that's another thing, and and it's the one thing I learned when I had mood swings, right? And and everything's a pendulum. So it's like if you're in this negativity for too long, it'll swing back over, and you'll end up somewhere over here. If you're positive for too long, you'll swing back over and and, and end up over here. You know. 
it's just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the best place to be, like I said, is in the balance, like in the center of just knowing when to have a little bit more of a grounded, realist, fatalist mindset. I'm not saying being a fatalist is a good thing, but I'm saying like sometimes sometimes it makes sense to be and sometimes you need it to be on high alert. And then on the other hand, being too positive can make you blind as well, right? And that's another thing. Um is Yeah, how, but like <clears throat> wait what? Um and, and then I was gonna say another thing about just being overly positive is that you're gonna start getting let down. You know, it's it's really easy to get let down when you expect the most out of everybody, you know? I feel, I feel like because we've gotten through like these, I guess, not like, I guess like radical events, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why we have this perspective. Right. And we're, I guess, based on, you know, uh, what have other, what people have commented about me personally, and I'm sure for you too, is like, you're like really mature for your age. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes with, you know, the experience of coming out of relationship and learning all these lessons and coming to terms with, you know, um, like X and Y and kind of like uh, trying to make those decisions because that could like change your life forever, you know? Um, And it's crazy because you wouldn't expect, you know, like a a 21, 21, are you 21? 21. 22 22 year old and like a 23 year old like have like these perspectives and right. thoughts about relationships and life mm-hmm. where some some people even older than us like yeah, can't even yeah like struggle and can't even ma- re- maneuver within a relationship right um i'm not saying like you know to get go out and date mm-hmm. like obviously make you know your decisions uh what's the term like make the right decisions Mm -hmm. as as you feel fit um because with those experiences like you'll you'll learn about yourself as well as like how to deal with others right and i think that's that's a that's a big thing too is actually knowing when to take a life lesson from a relationship Mm -hmm. right because obviously there's people that'll be like uh that'll get into a shitty situation and they'll make a mistake or the other person makes a mistake and they just move along Right. They're not really think about it. They're just like, well, this shit just happened and then just moved along. And they're not really taking the time to be like, okay, why did this happen? What did I do wrong? Is there anything I could have done better? Is there anything this other person could have done better? That's why when I was saying on the podcast not too long about like dating somebody that, you know, deals with depression, anxiety, whatever, um, that it's important for you to communicate your needs as well. Because here's the thing. Yes. Do people that have these disorders deserve to be loved too? 100%. But do you as that person dating them also deserve to be loved? 100%. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's all about needs being fulfilled. Okay? Yeah. And it's like you can take the time when you if you get broken up with or you break up with somebody to really just recognize if somebody's needs got filled or not. And if they didn't, right, whether it be yours or theirs – it, it should be on you to think about that and think about how going forward you do your best to make sure both of your guys' needs are met, right? Whether that be you communicating it or telling them that they need to communi- communicate more about it, you know? And it's one of those things where it's like if they don't want to open up about it, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, everybody's, you know, when it comes to relationships, it's a new situation and, um, 
you know, sometimes an entirely new environment for somebody. So it may take a while for them to completely open up. But if it's a, you know, prolonging problem where it's happening over and over again, then then you start getting into that dangerous territory of like, okay, is this person actually incompetent or, or are they just shy? You know, it's like, and then you want to start walking that line. But I just think overall, it's like, it really is up to you if you want to be mature, right? If you want to grow, if you want to be healthy, you have to learn lessons from your mistakes or from things that just don't work out. It's just is what it is. You know, if it's like, people want to claim they're mature, right? But they don't want to do mature things. And yeah. I definitely think I'm not trying to say I'm fucking wise or I got answers for everything, but I'm just saying like, these are shaped from my experiences, my life lessons, right? Where to be Same honest thing. with you, like I didn't really start picking up on life lessons until about two years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was around the time where I was in therapy. And, and I think w- with therapy is it really taught me to be, um, more open to a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts, um, a lot more self critique, um, you know, even critique from other people about me, you know, it's one thing I'm always willing to listen to is like what, um, I don't want to say what people like say about me, but it's like, I will only listen to critique from people that uh, I love and trust and have a long lasting relationship with, because I, I believe that those are the only people that can commentate on my behavior, my mentality, my personality, what have you, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna let just some random fucking person be like, Hey, you're abrasive. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, just, you know, just little things like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I just think that I think there genuinely is a, a growing pain to be had in every situation that I think there's a life lesson in every situation, you know, and it's up for you to decide what that life lesson is, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, if you want to be, you know, if you want to make the smartest decisions, you have to be willing to open yourself up to those ideas and those critiques. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, same thing, like, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm the wisest, most experienced person mm-hmm. ever. I think like this is just shaped, you know, from my experiences and my mm-hmm. thoughts and kind of like the people I surround myself with, right? And I think that's like a big part of it because you you're definitely a result of that. The people who you're surrounded with, right? Mm-hmm. And um, personally, like I'm I'm on the other side of it where um, I keep everything bottled in right. because I just learned, in in my opinion um like i kind of keep it to myself and if it's like if it gets to a point where it's like actually bothering me then i'll bring it up but if it's something that you know it's not i feel like i don't feel like i need to bring up Mm -hmm. then like yeah it may not be the healthiest but i think like if it's if i can get over it like you know after a day or two Mm -hmm. i think like you know it'll it'll be okay yeah i will Um, say the uh, finish point no, 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 go, go. I was just coughing. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I will say that the one thing that I hate more than this life is a motherfucker that's way too positive. Yes. Can't, can't stand that shit, yo. Fucking. St- oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, seriously, like, um, like, if you have to have, like, a, like, a little positive rebuttal to everything that I say, I want to smack the fuck out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to understand that, like, not everybody's a fucking positive human being. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes, especially myself, when I'm working through very serious issues or I'm working through very serious, um, 
God, yeah, just any sort of problem, right? Like something that's upsetting me. My mm. first instinct, right, and it's to dwell in it. The, one of my biggest yeah. things, like for me to succeed, right, and in, in overcoming any sort of obstacle, is I have to just live in that emotion, right? Yeah. So yeah. if I'm if I, I'm dealing with a negative emotion and I'm dealing with a, you know, a situation that makes me feel negatively, I have to just sit in that. Right, because mm-hmm. if I don't sit in it and I just try to push to the side and I'm just like, let's put a fucking smiley face on and move on with my life, right? I'm not gonna ever move on from that situation, mm-hmm. right? So if something pops up and it upsets me, I might take the whole night just to be upset, but you know what? That next day I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be fine because yeah. I let myself experience my emotions. That's another thing, right? Is we just live in the society, right? As a whole, I mean, most places do it where they just really like encourage you to just push down negative emotions right Mm -hmm. where it's like oh you know don't be sad just fucking put a smile on your face and fake it till you make it but no the only way you 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 truly you truly truly get to just experience life is to just dwell in the emotion that you're feeling Mm -hmm. because the more you repress said emotion the more it's gonna come back up at a later point and then like that's where you get to like your situation where you just fucking bottle things patrick (laughs) (laughs) Because then it eventually over fucking flows. I know, I know, but like, I feel like I, I personally, you know, I, I open it and let it, you know, pour out a little bit. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, but, and I don't think that's a bad thing either. I'm just saying it's like when you just like completely re- repress that. Emotion oh no, yeah, yeah, feeling, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like if you're mad, right, and then you're just like, okay, let me go find something to not be mad. It's like, nah, fucking be mad, be upset, mm-hmm. and then move on. You yeah, know, like feel every bit of that emotion and then move. On. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying go fucking punch a hole through a wall, but I'm saying like you know, if you're upset, sit in that upset, you know, and mm-hmm. and I and, and I mean that's just what I've kind of what I do to help me process emotions, right? Like it's like okay, well, what's making me upset? This situation. Why is it making you upset? This reason, right? How long are you gonna stay upset for? I don't know until it goes away, you know, and like yeah. it's just what you gotta do. I mean, that's what I do, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, like just these small interactions with, you know, people or in a relationship or even mm-hmm. just family, like, you know, can create like such a big impact on yeah. like your life and uh, as, as you are as a person. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, personally, I'm more definitely influenced by, um, you know, friends and like the people I'm surrounded with. Right. Um, and not so much like my parents because, um my thought process of things is completely different for theirs. Right. So they're like, Oh, like, well, what is this thought process that Patrick is having? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I guess not overwhelming, just kind of like off, like they, they get like hot off guard a little bit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough, especially like there's oftentimes where I feel like I'm the most mature person in my family. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how to deal with it sometimes, but just know that sometimes I feel that way. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that's because I fucking went to therapy at a young I'm, I'm telling you, yo, if you guys are on the fence about therapy, just fucking go. Because the younger you get it done, the younger you get in and do that work. And I'm not saying everybody needs therapy, but I'm just saying like, so, you know, somebody like me who's dealt with a lot of abandonment issues for a long, long time, you know, commitment issues, trust issues, all that stem from my mom basically leaving. Right. Um, 
that's a good reason to be in therapy. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like the er, the quicker the quicker you get into that therapy, the better your life is going forward, right? Yeah. Because here's the I thing. Mean, here's the thing that people got to realize with things like that, and especially with like a lot of you know traumas and depression, you will never get over it. Never. Mm-hmm. That's okay, because th- there's a certain point where like it weaves itself into the fabric of your human being, right? Like every single fiber of your being it's there, right? Like the issues with that I have with my parents always going to be there. It's literally in the fabric of my being, right? Being oh. negative, being negative, right? Always having these doubts, these skepticisms. Um, it'll always be in the fabric and the fibers of my DNA. But that being said, doesn't mean I don't know how to cope with those things. Right. Mm. And that's something that I've learned through therapy. Right. And like, I have a little bit of a beef with like these self-help classes and I kind of want to go into it and I kind of don't because like, I know it helps some people and whatever, you know, honestly, whatever helps you go for it. But I do think a lot of these self-help people are just, you know, they're not licensed professionals. They present it to you like they are. And then they also put you in an environment where it's like, okay, we're on this weekend time crunch. So just fucking pour everything out. That's not how everything should go. Right. Like I I do think therapy is good because it's like, you can take your time. Right. It took me years to just really start digging really, really deep. Right. Um, because it's all about when you're ready and not about how quickly you can be ready. And I think when it comes to things like therapy, um, you're at it you're at your own pace that's one and two it's like you can you learn things to deal with certain issues right you're not just learning a fucking whole cluster of tools right it's like if i give you a screwdriver patrick that can't be the only tool in your toolbox (laughs) you know what i mean you gotta you gotta have a phillips screwdriver you gotta have an allen key you might need a crescent wrench you know what i'm saying you might need a, a star key you know Mm-hmm. You need multiple tools for multiple situations. You can't take one tool and apply it to a bunch of things. It just doesn't work like that. And I think that's what therapy really helps you out with. And I think the quicker you can learn those tools, uh, especially when you're dealing with these situations, right? Um, I do believe it helps you in terms of longevity. You know, it's like, why would you want to keep repeating the same mistakes in relationships? Why would you want to keep repeating the same mistakes and picking shitty people? Why would you pick the same mistakes and letting your fucking friends walk all over you? Shit like that. It's like, why would you stand for that shit? Why? Because it's like, you probably have abandonment issues. So you just want, like, I'm talking for myself at this point, right? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. I would stay in shitty relationships, shitty friendships, because I just wanted the attention. I wanted that validation. Did I know that they weren't the healthiest? 100% but did I stay in it anyways because I just needed something oh totally you know Mm. I mishandled so many situations in my lifetime right where instead of just communicating effectively I just dipped right like I just I just went Danny Phantom and I just went ghost right and that's not a good thing to do because the thing the thing the biggest fucking thing is and I say it all the fucking time is that when you do shit like that you're hurting somebody else you you're you might be lining somebody up for the same trauma that you deal with and that person mm-hmm. didn't de- didn't deserve to deal with it because you're the fucking dumb fuck that didn't want to go fucking figure your shit out you know and i have been that dumb fuck i have been that shitty person i have been 
somebody who was a fucking piece of shit to to people that when I didn't need to be. But was mm-hmm. I hurting at the time? One hundred percent. And did I want to just you know use that person for what I needed and move on? Yeah, I I did it. You know what I'm saying? And am I a shitty person for it? In that moment, I was. But I'm also the same person that has gone back to those people and have apologized like profusely, like multiple times where I'm like, please, I I don't even want your forgiveness. I just need you to know that I'm very sorry for those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just the kind of person that I am where it's like, I also have a very guilty conscience. So once I realize that I've made an error, I always want to go back and mend that error, you know? But I also realize that sometimes there is no mending for a situation and when you realize that there isn't any mending as long as you get out your fucking your sorry your apology that's all you can do you mm-hmm. know and i get it not fucking many people have the balls to do that and that's totally fine but i'm one of those people that do because i don't really have that here's the thing i have a big ego <laughs> but i'll never let pride get in the way of that right mm-hmm. i can always push aside my pride to you know, I don't want to say be the bigger person, but mend those situations if I have the opportunity to, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not afraid to say I'm sorry to somebody. I'm not afraid to say I fucked up to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are, and that's the different, and that's the difference between me and a lot of other 22 year olds, you know? <laughs> sure. And I, I feel like there's a lot of like going back to finding, you know, um, people for help. I feel like there's a lot of, especially in this day and age and especially with, like quarantine going on right it's like a lot of people are kind of sitting with their thoughts right right i feel like it's easily 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 for you like you to um like bury yourself in like this hole mm-hmm. so i'm sure there's like a lot of resources too these days like you can go online yeah. i'm sure there's apps um and i mean personally i haven't gone through therapy i've i've like fully i've i've done like one or two sessions mm-hmm. um and I hope, you know, people understand that it's not, it's not for everyone. Yeah. It's not the be all end all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not, it's not going to give you the answers to everything. A lot of it is more like self figuring out too. Mm -hmm. I think the most, most therapy therapists are there to kind of like guide you to the right direction. Right. Right. Um, so I hope people don't get that, uh, conception preconception that, it's gonna uh, fix you. It's gonna fix everything. Yeah. Because I I know some people who are going through it and they don't see progress and they're like, why isn't sure. this working? Like, why am I not you know, feeling better? Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe that's just not the right answer for you. Like, some people need yeah. to be put in those like quote self help classes yeah, because and, they need that like added. And there's another thing with therapy too, where it's like you got to make sure you find the right therapist for you too. A yeah, lot, a lot like, of people will just take the first one that they're given and then just roll with it and then like oh this is not working they're not helping me out but it's like okay well first look at are you doing the best that you can to explain what you're going through mm-hmm. two are you actually being open with your therapist not lying to them are you being completely honest about what you're feeling and then three it's like is your therapist actually helping you you know and it and, and I know a lot of people recently like have been very adamant about getting um, a therapist they can relate to in terms of like skin color, gender, what have you, right? Um, and that's another big thing where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. where where are you going to feel the most comfortable opening up to? You know, and I was one of the few that got lucky that I got my therapist on the first go, mm-hmm. and just rocked with her for two years, 
and it just so happened to just work and figure itself out because what she understood about me is that I know all the shit I'm going through, right? I mm-hmm. always knew what the root of all my problems were. I always knew what was causing my issues. I've always been very blunt, straight to the point, and I've always been very clear and concise. What she realizes that not every single time I'm in there, she need, she needs to give me advice. Sometimes mm-hmm. being in therapy for me is just a safe space to vent because I also have this other guilty conscience where I hate venting to my friends or my family because I don't want to feel like I'm burdening them. So mm-hmm. when I'm in that office, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just venting to her because that's my safe space to vent to her. And she doesn't always need to give me advice for every single thing because she knows that I know, right? And there's obviously moments where it's like, okay, well, when you want to set boundaries, try this, do that, whatever, you know, what have you. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it, you also have to have that chemistry with your therapist as well. And it's like, if you don't really have that, you know, it could be, one, like I said, one of two things. It can either be yeah. you or them. You know, it just is what it is. You, you went in, in person, right? Yes. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like in person is a little bit better in my opinion. But yes. obviously, you know, with the restrictions of the world, I feel yeah. like, uh, I feel like in, online and over the phone, Skype, whatever. I feel it, like it's definitely yeah. harder. When um, I did my first couple phone therapy sessions, it was a little tough because it's like it's hard not to get distracted by your phone. Um, yeah, yeah, or just like anything around you. Yeah. Um, but also just like um. I've, I've been on on your end or i've been on the receiving end where people go to me to, to vent mm-hmm. and i i have this tendency to like want to give advice because i want to help right um and some people don't need that right and i that's something that you know i'm still learning to like just absorb and not like mm-hmm. um try to reciprocate because um sometimes people don't need that they just want someone to just listen but at the same time um personally uh it may be overwhelming and i think uh yeah you're their friend but i don't think they should be responsible right um, and 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 i do think it's a little bit shitty too because like i'm on the side where it's like if you're not in a place to be of help to your friend and you communicate that i don't think you're a bad person for that i've i've been and called an asshole for telling somebody that I don't want to talk about something or I, I'm just not in the right fucking space to just like be a friend to them in that very moment. Like I remember recently been dealing with some very shitty stuff on the side and somebody was blew past. I, I told them I'm like, Hey, I'm going through shitty stuff right now. Like, I'm sorry if I'm just like not responding or whatever. And they blew past that and just started talking to me about their problems. And I was just like, <laughs> like hey, what? and I was just like, hey, I'm not in the right fucking, you know, mind frame to just deal with you right. Not deal with you like in a negative way, you know, but just like with the issues that you're dealing with. I'm just I can't. I really cannot. And and if you want to talk to me about it, it's going to be very empty and very dry on my end because I can't give that to you right now, you know. And then they just fucking think I'm an asshole because it's like I've communicated yeah. that I've communicated that to them. I've set that boundary, and they're like, "You're a dick," right? And that's another thing you have to realize when you're when you're this young and you're this mature for your age is that people are rubbed the wrong way because they either think you think you're better than them, or because you're so blunt and you're so good at creating boundaries they just think you're a dick, <laughs> you know, cause you don't want to talk to them or help them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's another issue for another fucking podcast. But 
it's bullshit and like if you're upset at your friend because they don't want to talk about your shit like you're you don't need to be that way and um i've I've definitely felt bad because like it's like yeah i know like you're you're looking for someone that just wants to listen right here i am trying to like give advice because people got shit going on in their own lives too yeah like i mean i have my own things like yeah i'm probably not talking about it but that's just because i don't want to put that on you um yeah because i know you're going through stuff and it's it's like a two-way street so right um yeah very uh interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) god you you have anything else you want to add to that or no i think i think that's all i have in my head yeah um i'm trying to think what else is going on um this country's a clusterfuck I mean, um, yeah. I re-registered to vote again. Um, no, I'm just updating the podcast. Oh, okay. Because I was at a different address, so I had to register at a new address and uh, vote. So I'm waiting for my registration card, but I'll be able to vote in person. How do you? Um, do they send it to you? Yeah, when you get a when you re-register at a new address, they'll send you a voter registration card. I don't even have one from like four years ago. I don't even know where the fuck mine went. Yeah. <laughs> my, my original one. It's somewhere. I don't know. But I'm getting a new one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I hope I get a new one. What else? If you guys don't have a passport, go get one. Passport? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. always good. Yeah, don't don't be like me and uh, get it an hour before your flight. Did I yeah. tell you about that? Yeah, you told me that like you literally got it like in the mail like before like you were supposed to. No, no, actually. Uh, so since the passport bureau is next or like kind of close by to the airport, I I picked it. Like, I expedited it. And oh, I that's picked, right. That's right. I picked it up at the passport bureau, and then <laughs> an hour before my flight, I drove to LAX, and then yeah, I got my passport. I want to say like maybe like. Um, I should take the back. I got mine in a timely manner. I got mine like fucking five months in advance. Yeah, um, responsible. Yeah, be responsible. Hey, if you guys are listening right now, um, go find where your birth certificate, social security card, passports at, and just make sure they're all in a place where you can access it at any time. Um, I know, I know, I know. This is so random just to mention, but I'm just saying this is my like advice to you just to fill up time. <laughs> Cause like if you don't know where that shit is, go fucking find it and put it in a space where you know. Because I know there's so many times where like people like leave their passports, birth certificates, social security card with their parents, and then they just like one day when they need it, you know, randomly, they're just like, "Yo, where's it at?" And then they fucking panic and they don't know where that. I have mine all in a fucking box, and I know exactly where that box is at all times, and I think, everything I need is in that box, you know. I think my mom has mine. Yeah, Hope just go period. get it and just have it. But on. I have everything else. Just put it in an envelope and keep it somewhere, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, <laughs> I had a discussion with someone where like they can't even find where their like diploma is. Oh, brother. Or their like high school diploma too. Like, I'll never ever be that disorganized, man. That's another thing I want to tell you guys: be organized, <laughs> okay? Fucking know where your things are at. Like literally, like. Literally, like, there's so many people I know that are my age that fucking just, like, still have their parents doing laundry for them or fucking, like, don't clean their room or whatever. And it's like, yo, you're 22 years old. Figure it the fuck out. I've been washing my own clothes since my fucking mom left me when I was in middle school. I've been washing my own clothes since then. 
Same. And <laughs> on top of that, I've been cleaning my own room my entire life. My room's the most organized it's ever fucking been. Being an adult, Same. how about this one? Hey, I got a fucking challenge for you guys. Instead of fucking, you know, you know, everyone's like, oh, I got ch- I challenge you to go out to the vaults of Poe and vote. I fucking, I challenge you to clean your fucking room. Like, how about that one? I challenge you to fucking wash your ass regularly. I fucking, I challenge you to fucking know where your own passport's at. You know what I'm saying? I clean my room almost like every night. Me too. I did. I literally like. I feel so bad because I'll leave my house and like my like bed's not made or whatever, you know. But the minute I walk in that door to come back home, right? When I come back home and I walk into my bedroom door, I pick up everything in my room. Cause the in the worst part about it is like in like fifty minutes to an hour, it goes right back to being the same. But that being said, you know, it's like I'm also one of those people that wait till the very last minute to wake up, um, and all that shit. But that's just different because I got sleep issues. So like I just try to sleep in as much as I can. It's different. Mm-hmm. I have an excuse, you know. I got, I got, I got a note from my parents that say that I can. <laughs> you know, like remember, like kids in high school, be like, oh, I got a note from my parents that I can sit out with this, this, you know, PE class or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got, I got a note from my parents that say I can sleep in as long as I want. So <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just, I think, I think, um. Again, back back to the whole thing. I think growing up and being mature is, you know, tackling uh, what's in front of you. Yeah. Whatever your room is, just making sure all your documents are where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, fi- I challenge you to grow the fuck fi- up. Up that one. Fi- financing. I'm yeah. still struggling with that because yeah. I buy a bunch of bullshit. But... Yeah, Patrick buys twelve hundred dollar pants. Stop. <laughs> 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 uh, stupid. Anyways, before we log off, Patrick, what anime are you about to go watch? Uh, let me check. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna try to start Decadence. Decadence? Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna. Actually, I'm about to go start some sleep. Up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might start. My fucking tattoo's starting to burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just gonna start the. Uh... Fire Force, or I'm gonna continue Fire Force. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Um, if you guys are listening this long. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this episode will come out Monday. This is the quarterly eve. Um, a uh, future David, while you're, you know, at your desk in your shitty office. Um, <laughs> hey, keep your head up, man. You know, there's gonna be brighter days. Um, you'll get out of there someday. Uh, that's just me talking to myself in the future daily uh, dose of positivity yeah i just need to just remind myself that hey you're doing a good job bud and pal so just listen to it <laughs> you know it's funny when i did that to when i did that to myself to last monday's podcast i was like listening to it and i was just like oh i totally forgot about that <laughs> i was like nice <laughs> nice <Hey>. thanks david <laughs> Not, so meta <laughs> I was like thanks david from the past you're welcome david from the future um Anyways, Pat, they can find you on at PTRCKP underscore on Instagram, as well as at Project Clover underscore on Instagram, as well as Project Clover on YouTube. You guys can find me on all the platforms. Uh, If you guys go back and watch the pre-roll or look in the description of anywhere that you're watching this, all of our ads will be there so that it's one click away for you. other than that, um, don't waste your money on Instagram promotion because that shit doesn't work. Patrick, have a good what? fucking night. You too. That shit's a fucking scam. I just wasted fucking $20. Anyways, bye.